0: This episode is brought to you by Kith and Kin, the party game, the interactive event game that you can play with all your friends and family. If you've played enough of those murder mystery games, you know, they're all pretty much the same. Dead body, locked room. Bah. ho oh, hum. it's time to try Kith and Kin, the exciting board game where your family and lifelong pals take a couple glasses of their favorite adult beverage and carefully dissect how one or more of the people in the room murdered their soul. Remember, every happy family is happy in the same way but every unhappy family is unhappy in an infinite number of unique ways and you can spend your holiday after holiday being continually astounded by the so many ways your family and intimate group is exceptional each year by conducting the autopsy of your relationships what element of your loved one's dysfunctionality will come up at your early dinner murder of crows the emotional manipulation the side picking the gaslighting there's no present under the tree that will be a bigger surprise than how your festivity will end with someone stomping out the front door into the cold, declaring they're never coming back and they really mean it this time. It's the gift that will positively never stop giving. It's the gift you spent your life wrapping up just for you. And thank you, Kith and Kin, The Party Game, for sponsoring the Rereading Wolf podcast. This episode is brought to you by the support of generous listeners just like you. You can learn how to be one of them at patreon.com slash wolf. And thank you, listener patrons, for supporting the Rereading Wolf podcast.
1: Warning. The following discussion is deliberately riddled with spoilers and unhinged speculation on this nearly 40-year-old book, Gene Wolfe's The Book of the New Sun. You can't read a Gene Wolfe story. You can only reread a Gene Wolfe story.
0: Welcome to Rereading Wolfe. We don't pretend that this is the first time you and we have read these books. We want to understand them in as much detail as possible, and that means considering the works as a whole. Hi, I'm James Wynn, And I'm Craig Brewer. This is our quick little Christmas gift to you, a reading of Christmas Inn by Wolfe, and it's one that's a little hard to find, so this will hopefully be good. That's why we thought it'd be good to read out the whole thing. And then afterwards, James and I will do a little chatting about it. Christmas Inn by Gene Wolfe I'm June Christmas. My husband Julius and I own the Christmas Inn, an old hotel out in the country that we keep modernizing as we get the money. That Christmas, it didn't look like we were going to get any, just deeper in debt. I kept telling myself it was good because of breakfast. Felix is our cook, and he handles lunch and dinner, usually without any help from me. "'but I do breakfast. "'When we have 20 or more guests, "'that's a buffet with lots of scrambled eggs, "'bacon and sausage, "'milk and coffee and hot water for tea, "'cold cereal, bread and bagels for toast, you know. "'Before she was married, our daughter Mary would help. "'Then after the divorce, she helped again. "'But Mary had been taken from us a year ago. "'She was dead and gone,' Julius said. "'Sometimes our son helped, mostly at the waffle iron.' It's hard to get him to do much. That Christmas before the five of them came, the five who looked to all of us so much like four, it seemed the only breakfasts would be for Julius, Wyatt, and me. Hi, my name's Wyatt Christmas. Go ahead and laugh. People call me Whitey, mostly. Mom calls me Darlin like she can't think of my name. Dad calls me the snide brat. or pimples, I get that sometimes too. You can call me anything, don't matter to me. It started a couple days before Christmas. We were snowed in, and I mean snowed in good. There wasn't one guest in the whole fucking place. I liked it because there wasn't as much for me to do, only Dad kept pissing and moaning about no money coming in, as if much ever did. He told me to get out there and shovel the drive, and he didn't give a damn whether it was snowing or not. By God, get out there and shovel. He's got a big, loud voice for such a little guy, so I got my coat and boots and the shovel, and out I went. With Dad yelling at me, it took about fifteen minutes. Was it snowing, Jack? You've never seen so much fucking snow in your life. It was snowing so hard I was down off the porch and about to turn around and shovel the steps, before it got through to me that there was a place in the drive that looked darker than it should have. Naturally, any dark was darker than it should have been. Everything else was blind white. So I went to see, wading through three feet of snow. That was my first big mistake. It was a big SUV. "'Just sitting there. "'I've been trying to remember if there were tire tracks behind it. "'I don't think so, so either it had been there a while or something else. "'I know what else, only I'm not going to say. "'You want to guess? Give it a shot.' "'I went up to the driver's side window "'and wrapped it with a handle on my shovel and said, very polite, "'Can I help you folks?' When he rolled down. "'I'm the politest bastard you ever saw, as long as there's a chance of a tip.' "'The big square-faced guy behind the wheels said, "'We're looking for Christmas.' "'You're here,' I told him. "'Clean rooms and good food, hiking, cross-country skiing, "'and hunting and fishing in season.' "'There was a dark lady in back that looked like she had a fever. "'She leaned up and touched my arm and said, "'Have we come to the place for Christmas?' "'If I'd have known what was coming, I'd have hit her with a shovel. "'But I said, you bet, this is the Christmas Inn. "'We got Christmas decorations and all sorts of stuff you can send for presents.' We'll have carol singin' and games and the biggest tree in the country. Dad couldn't have done it better. Dendrola tree? That was the other woman, the big blonde. I thought it sounded so good, so I said, sure. Then I said, if you folks will just pull up another hundred feet, I can help you up the steps. They'll be slippery. And bring in your bags. Even a big SUV ought to have trouble in three feet of snow, but that one didn't. It rolled right up to the front door, practically floating on the snow. I never did hear the engine start. J.R. Christmas heard voices and the stamping of feet, and got behind the long desk between the fireplace and the grandfather clock as the doors opened. Andrel and Dondel came in shoulder to shoulder. Andrel was tall and stooped with burning eyes. Dondel was tall too, but wide, red-faced in the cold, a big man who looked as if he might have played football in college. Erinide followed them, brushing snow from her green parka with rose-red gloves all four wore green parkas. Aronide's face seemed all big blue eyes and plump pink cheeks. Golden hair strayed from under her knit cap. After her, Neranda, smaller than Aronide, darker than Andril, and ready to solo on her first broom. The child came last. No one paid much attention to the child. Julius R. Christmas is my name. June and I own this place. We've owned and run it for eight years and have felt both of us that it would eventually be a highly profitable operation, one that would make us rich. I don't for one moment doubt we're right, but we're right only if we can keep it. There's a mortgage, a big one. People say correctly, I believe, that banks never foreclose at Christmas, biding their time until January. I don't know that I've ever dreaded anything quite as much as I dreaded January that day. We're out of the way, you see. To reach us, you exit the interstate and drive a bit over three miles along back roads. Snow had made those roads almost impassable. And let me be frank. There are a lot of lonely men and women at Christmas. Good people, many of them. They have no families, or their families are very far away. Some are alienated by long-standing quarrels. I could give you details. Some confide in me, but it's better not to repeat those confidences. What are they to do for Christmas? Where can they go? Should they sit alone in some apartment? cut off from humanity drinking and watching television that's a recipe for suicide our place offers a solution they come by dozens each alone in his or her car they sit around the fires we've seven fireplaces drink hot buttered rum and talk like old friends which they soon are don't get me wrong they're good people for the most part lonely women who never found a man and lonely men who never found the right woman in a day or two they're very good friends indeed let me put it like this. For 11 months of the year, we just get by. It's at Christmas each year that we start making real money. That's how it'd been for the first seven. Not this one. The cancellations came in waves. When a wave slacked and I'd begin to think it was over, a new one began. It was the snowiest winter in the history of the state. The weathermen bleated, and more snow on the way. I'd been counting on Christmas to bail us out, to let us make up all the past due payments. Christmas had come, and there was nobody. We've 42 rooms. Not a one was reserved. Not even one. So when Andrel and Dondel came to the desk, I thought, thank God, this is two rooms anyway. I suppose they were married couples, you see. Andrel asked how much. He didn't have a good voice. It was thin and hard, an accountant's voice. I smiled and told him, only $50 per night, sir, and that includes a good big breakfast. Dondel produced his wallet and got out of 50 "'This is $50?' "'Certainly, sir, and it'll cover your room for the first night.' I reached for it. He took it back, returned it to his wallet, and counted five $100 bills onto the desk. "'This is ten times as much?' As soon as I'd heard him, i decided he was in sales. He had the big, hearty voice that tells the client, "'Lunch is on me.' I said, "'Yes, sir, it'll take care of your room for ten nights.' "'We shall remain,' he said, until the morning after Christmas.' "'In that case,' I told him, "'I'll owe you money when you leave, "'even if you and your wife eat all your meals with us "'and charge them.' "'The thin, dark one butted in. "'For the room? How much?' Fifty dollars a night,' I told him again. "'But you needn't pay cash. We take credit cards.' Dondel pointed to the five bills "'on our registration desk. Two rooms?' he asked. "'To the day after Christmas?' "'I said yes. It would more than cover them both.' Dondel got out his wallet again "'and laid another five hundred on the desk.' Four rooms? That was when I realized that they were four singles carpooling, not two couples. I said yes, of course, and got out four keys. Dondel pulled five fifties from his wallet. He laid those on the desk, too. Five rooms, he told me. I had no idea why four guests would need five rooms, but it was over $1,200, and we needed it badly. I took it, put it in the register under the tray, and gave him five keys. <laughs> When they had checked in, Wyatt offered to move their vehicle into the parking lot. Dondel said he would take care of it and went into the bar. He gave four keys to Naronda first and asked her to see that Wyatt distributed the luggage correctly. I was vacuuming the hall when they came in and I stopped to look. My first impression was that they were ghosts, which was what Julius said at the seance. You'll laugh, but was how I felt, just the same. He says I'm irrational. He laughs about it and is nice, but he believes I'm wrong. I feel I'm right. What we feel is what makes us do things, not what we think. It's what we feel that's true. I see it again and again. Mary is with me often. Her spirit, I mean. Dead and gone? I know that though Mary's dead, she's not gone. Julius thinks, so he thought we'd lost her. I feel and knew she was with us still. Where was I? I felt they were all spirits. Then I saw the child. If they were spirits, what was the child? I I can't say he or she, because I don't know. It was like seeing an old cracked photo of a child, taken when all small children wore dresses. You don't know unless you read the name. I wondered whether Mary could see it, whether she knew. When they'd gone, Julius said they'd want dinner. He wanted me in the kitchen, getting ready. I felt I couldn't cook well when I knew all the snow they'd tracked in, Wyatt too was melting into the carpet in the lobby. I swept out as much as I could while Julius built a fire in the bar. I'm telling you, Jack, their luggage was every place in that SUV. In front, in back, behind the back seat, tied to the roof. There were no names on the bags, no initials, no company name on the SUV either. I carried everything upstairs and knocked on a door looking for help. It was the dark one. She pointed to a big hard-sided bag and said, That's mine. Carry it into the room. So I did, and she said, "'You must open this for me.'" "'Guests usually do that for themselves.'" I told her, "'I gotta see about the rest.'" "'Open it.'" It wasn't locked, and her underwear was right on top, so I figured I could put an end to this quick. Picked up a lacy number, and she said she must look good in it. "'You wish to see?' She was starting to undress, and that's when I sat on the bed. I'm not gonna tell everything we did. It was a lot, or everything we said, but when I couldn't anymore and she shoved me out with me carrying half my clothes and my hair a mess, I felt like shit. Those dumb fuckers at school say there's good sex and bad sex, but even bad sex is pretty good. That wasn't how I felt. They never did it with Naronda. Probably not with anybody. Dondel, Andrew, Nironda, and Aronide sat in the big dining room at a table for four, served by Wyatt, who answered their questions in a monotone and would meet no one's eyes. Dondal had roast beef, andrel chicken pot pie, Rhonda a vegetarian plate, and Aranide lasagna, at Dondal's suggestion. She and Dondal ate dessert, plum pudding and strawberry shortcake. Dondal signed for all four. When Wyatt muttered that he could add a tip to the bill if he chose, he said, yes, I had forgotten. And carrying our sacks? The tip was $100. I fixed all the food. "'We told Felix not to come in, the same with both maids, "'because of the snow and the cancellations. "'I know all the cooking sounds hard, but it wasn't. "'Everything was frozen except for salads and desserts. "'I just put it in the microwave and unwrapped it afterward for Wyatt. "'He was depressed. "'I don't like that, but I see a lot of it, "'and I thought Julius had tied in him for something. "'I asked him to help with the dishes afterward so I could talk to him, "'but he just cleared and stacked for me. "'He didn't even scrape them like you have to for the dishwasher.' He looked so blue, I didn't have the heart to say anything. Mary had won Julius from the beginning. Me too. She was the daughter everybody wants. So clean and pretty and kind and even-tempered and smart. When she married that teacher, I knew she was making a mistake. I should have said so. It was the first big mistake she'd ever made, and she didn't know how to handle them. She divorced him. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. The child came in and asked for something, mostly by signs. I peeked out into the dining room, and there they were at a table for four. They didn't even have a place for the child. I said, do you speak English? The child shrugged and didn't want to look at me, just like Wyatt. So I tried a cookie and glass of milk, then a bowl of strawberries with milk and a little sugar on them. How old are you? That got seven fingers held up, but when I said, you don't look that old, the child only shrugged are you a boy or a girl soon i must choose it was the most i'd heard the child say so i felt encouraged i was a friend and it saw i was that was how i felt pretty soon it would be my friend too i said i'm june what's your name soon i must choose one you get to choose a tiny nod what's your mommy's name the child shrugged, and as soon as the strawberries were finished, there was no child. I looked all around to see if it was hiding, but I couldn't find it. We ate as a family when they'd gone. It means a lot to me, but Julius and Wyatt don't care. Wyatt wanted his $100 immediately, but his father refused to give it to him until Donald had settled. All right, Wyatt said. I got something real important, and I'm not going to tell you. Almost nothing was said after that until the desk phone rang. When Julius was in the next room, June said, What's your important news, darling? If I tell you, you'll tell him. I won't. That's a promise. June crossed her heart. No matter what it is, she nodded. No matter what it is. Well, I wanted to take their SUV and park it. The big guy said he would, only he didn't. Only it's gone. It's not out front, and it's not in the lot. He parked it somewhere else, June said. You can find it tomorrow if you want to it was the big blonde i was looking in the book we're old-fashioned here for her name while i was talking to her i found her writing pretty easily a big florid hand for women and green ink big curves and curly cues i could no more read than chinese her name's erinide i got it a lot later which was not until i had my coveralls and had found my tools my coveralls are pretty warm I had to say that. So I took off my tie and the dress shirt I'd been wearing and my wool slacks. I don't know what another woman would have called that lacy thing, but it looked like she'd been sewn into it. I said, have you gotten it to flush? She just smiled and shook her head. She would the best smile I ever saw. i have never seen another like it. It made me feel we were kids, a boy and a girl, and we were into mischief. It was good mischief, and we'd never be caught. I went into her bathroom, and there was nothing in the toilet. I said, you flushed it with the water from the tap, I guess? I understand, believe me, and I wouldn't want to embarrass you. That got the smile again. Nor would I wish to embarrass you, my jewel. I have locked the door. From here, I don't know what to say or what not to say. It was wrong, and I knew it. But every time I looked at her, it seemed her breasts got bigger. I knew it couldn't be true, but that was how it seemed bigger breasts and a warmer smile. Every time I touched her a little more of the lacy thing fell off. Afterward when we lay in bed panting and sweating, me on my back feeling wonderful and she on her side facing me, I could see each breast was bigger than her head. You'd think a woman with breasts like that and hips like hers would be thick at the waist. <laughs> That night when things had quieted down, I got a flashlight and went out looking for the SUV, mushing through the snow like a fucking sled dog. There wasn't any. Not any place. When I got back inside and got my coat and sweater off, I went down to the kitchen, made coffee, and thought about it. There was only one way it could have happened. There'd been somebody else there with them, Somebody I'd never seen. When they got out and I got all the bags out, he'd driven it away. That was how it had to be. Only how could there have been? I'd been all over it grabbing their luggage. If there'd been somebody else in it, i have seen him for sure. That reminded me of what my mom had said at dinner about a little kid with them. I'd never seen any kid, and neither a dad, but he said they took five rooms. He thought they were expecting somebody else. So I went to the front desk and got the room numbers. Naronda was in 220 at the top of the stairs. I knew because I'd been in there, and I'd never forget it as long as I lived. There were names for the next three and what looked like grown-up writing. 224 had a little wavy line where the name should have been. I'm not supposed to have a master key, but I know where Dad keeps his. I went upstairs for a look at 224. The door wasn't locked. That was a first surprise. The lights didn't work. That was number two. Well, okay, in a way they did. When I hit the switch, they come on dim and faded out. No power, right? Only the hall lights were fine. I still had my flashlight, so I looked around. It got dimmer and dimmer. The bed was made, and I couldn't see anybody. What is it? That was a kid's voice, score one from Mom. I said, I wanted to see if there was anybody in here. Your door wasn't locked. He didn't say anything. Is everything okay? Seems like your lights don't work. They came on as soon as I said that. There was nobody there. Nobody at all. I looked in the bathroom and under the bed. My flashlight was fine again. Our closets don't have doors anymore. If there had been a kid in the closet, I'd have seen him. If you'd like to move to another room or anything, just let me know, I said. He didn't answer, and by then I just wanted to split. The light went off as soon as I was out in the hall. I heard the switch click, but I never touched it. I thought of locking the door from outside, but I never even shut it. I heard it close when I was on the stairs. That's it. Only when I woke up next morning, I kept hoping it'd been a dream. I knew it hadn't, but kept telling myself it had. Your hair's wet, June Christmas told her husband. I showered up in her room, he said. I had to, I was filthy. I'll have to wash your coveralls separately, I suppose. They're not so bad. I rinsed them in her tub before I put them back on. Brenda and Giselle checked in the next day. Brenda had a jeep with big tires. That was the kind of girl Brenda was. It had made it through the snow at the back roads. Brenda was small and energetic, like her jeep. Giselle was taller and wore her hair in two long braids. She was the kind of girl who's blonde in the summer. Dondel was in the lobby when they came in. Julius, who had been at the desk looking for his master key, had not known he was there until the doors opened, but there he was. "'You are very brave,' he told the girls. "'Then let me take your coats.' "'Brenda gave Giselle a look that said, "'See, I told you there'd be guys here.' "'Julius called. "'Boy!' "'And Wyatt put on his coat and boots "'and went out for their luggage. "'If you have not eaten,' Dondel was saying, "'we would think it a privilege to buy your lunches.' "'Giselle looked around, and Brenda said pointedly, "'We?' "'As soon as she spoke, "'Andrel rose from a wing chair that had looked empty.' He was younger and better-looking than Julius remembered. So was Donville, for that matter. Wyatt was busy, so I took their orders. The taller girl had our Christmas Inn sandwich, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and smoked turkey breast on a croissant. So did the dark, handsome man. The smaller girl and the big man had the cob salad. I think the girls must have asked the men what was good here. So those were what the men had told him. I brought menus, but nobody looked at them. Have you been here before? Dondel shook his head. We got here yesterday. Have you? Brenda has. Andrel smiled at her. His smile was small and showed no teeth, but it was a good warm smile anyway. You must have liked it. Brenda nodded. It's okay. I didn't come last year because I had a steady and we went to his parents for Christmas. I dumped him after that. There are two women with us, Dondel said. You shall meet them, but... That was when June Christmas came to take their orders. Why not? Brenda asked. Andrel smiled again. Perhaps we know them too well. Dondal laughed. Or they know us too well. Giselle whispered, This is an old place. I feel it. She was talking to everyone and no one. Very old, Dondal nodded. Old and full of ghosts. Brenda said, Don't tell me you've seen a ghost. Then I will not. Dondal's smile was much larger than Andrel's. I sensed them as our lovely Giselle does. Brenda turned to Giselle, grinning. He's trying to get next to you. Giselle blushed and studied the tablecloth. Andrel asked, Would you like to see ghosts? Are you curious? Brenda seconded him. Ghosts at Christmas are an old tradition. Remember Scrooge? Ghosts and ghost stories? Dondal nodded. You are quite correct. Furthermore, there are many ghosts in this house. Ghosts, Giselle senses. Fine, tell us a ghost story. I cannot he said. I am no storyteller, but we have a lady with us who might show you several. Giselle looked up. A medium? You, I believe, would call her a size six. Not long after that, their food came. The new guests had gone into the dining room with the men, and I knew June would be busy with them. My son would disappear, so I couldn't put him to work. It was something I could count on. I went up to her room and tapped on the door. She opened it, as lush and blonde as ever. The lacy thing was gone, replaced by a dark green robe that didn't look exactly like terry cloth. Again? She was smiling. So soon. I shouldn't have coughed, but I couldn't help it. I said, I noticed you hadn't come down for lunch, and I wanted to tell you you could have it brought to your room if you prefer. We don't have a room service menu, but I can tell you everything we have if you're interested. This is very fine of you. I take it my telephone no longer operates she was on to me and i knew it i said it does i'm sure might i come in for a moment she shut the door behind me and locked it just like before i said there's no need for that miss Uh, we've been so close and you do not know my name my jewel i am Aronide, so you must speak of me here i got the smile it was as good as ever when we are alone, you may speak endearments as you wish. Shall I take this off? All my willpower was needed to tell her to leave it on, but I did. What we did was wrong. I know I sounded as if I were choking. I want you to promise you won't tell my wife, that you won't tell anyone. She will leave you, I will tell no one. It It isn't that. That would be what I deserve, and I wouldn't whine about it but it would hurt her terribly, and I don't want her hurt. That was when Aaronide grabbed me and kissed me. You do not want me to go with you? Naranda said as she was strapping on the skis I got her. You're a guest, I told her. If you want to come, you can do it. What I want or don't want doesn't matter. I must come. Aaronide is my friend. She'll wish to know, to see many times what I will record for her, she would try, but she's too fat. Miranda laughed It made me think of the vampire hour on TV. Deep into your snow, she sinks, Wyatt. We walk in knees? In here we do. You must never let them cross. I showed her how. You push with the poles, okay? I'm out of here, and if you want to come, you can. If you can't keep up, I'll wait. When you want to go back, I'll take you and see that you get back, okay? Her smile said, I'm going to fix you. Such devotion I never found in all my time. Right, I was heading out. I pretended to think she meant it. We will bite down this tree? If I'd had any luck, she'd have fallen. She didn't. I got a hatchet in my backpack. We're not going to cut a real big one. Outside, she was faster than I'd expected. It took her five minutes to catch on, and after that, she kept up with no trouble. Should I speed down the hills on these? Strike hard a tree at the bottom? There aren't any steep hills where we're going, and the hills have trees all over them. What we're wearing are cross-country skis. You go down a mountain pretty fast on them, but it's not what they're for. Could I have picked a closer tree? Shit, yes, but I wanted to wear her out, and Dad had jumped all over me for cutting a tree too close last year. I don't think we went five miles, but it must have been almost that. Then I saw a really pretty tree about eight feet high. It's perfect for us. I got out my hatchet and cut it down while she waved a wand all around. "'Catching pictures,' she said. "'When she had enough, I got out my nylon rope, "'tying it eight inches above the cut, "'guaranteed it wouldn't slip off. "'We've got to drag it back,' I told her, both of us. "'I'd have done it alone if you hadn't come. "'But since you're here, you might as well help. "'Grab hold and put your back into it.' "'I'd figured she'd give up after a hundred yards. "'It was more like a quarter mile. "'Then she said, "'We cannot do this, my Wyatt. "'You have taken too big a one.' I'll go back for Dondal and Andrel. Dondal's so strong, you must see him with no clothes. That was supposed to hurt. I asked whether she'd get back okay on her own. She pointed our tracks and said she'd follow them. Fine, I told her. Just sit tight if something goes wrong. I'll be along with the tree in an hour or so. After that, I waited for her to get out of sight before I took out my block. It's a little plastic one like you'd use to pull up a small boat, but plenty big enough for that tree. I threaded my rope through it and tied it to a good big hemlock. There's a four to one ratio, and when I hauled her in, that little tree just scooted along. They set up the tree that afternoon and trimmed it that evening, while Erin I waved a wand of her own at globes of red and gold glass. Santas, gingerbread men, teddy bears, and tinsel icicles. Urged by Julius, Brenda, and Giselle, four of the five guests who had come in the black SUV, learned and sang Deck the Halls. God Rest Ye, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Jingle Bells, and a dozen more. They played Scrabble, Blind Man's Bluff, and other games. Four of the five women wandered by purest accident beneath the mistletoe, each of them at least once, and Neronda three times. And at last, when it seemed the rest had gone to bed, June got out the old wooden crib set her mother had given her when she was a child, and set it up beneath the tree. Not the elephant, the camel, and the wise men, those would come later at Epiphany, but Mary and Joseph, the stable, the manger in which the blessed child would be, the ox and ass, and the angels and shepherds. When it was complete, she rose with a little hum of satisfaction and found Andrel bending over it and her, his thin, handsome face wrapped. What are they doing? he whispered. Worshiping? The word stuck in her throat. The tree? She shook her head. The trough? The trough is empty. This is Christmas Eve, she explained. Tomorrow I'll lay the child Jesus there and they'll be worshipping him. Until I do, there's nothing for them to worship. I see. From Andril's tone, it was clear that he did not. The star up there, she pointed. The whole tree, it's for him, really. For God and God's son, who's God. To her utter astonishment, Andrel kissed her. When they separated... After a kiss that seemed to be very long, and she had caught her breath, she said, "'I'm not under the mistletoe.' Smiling, Andrew told her, "'My mistake.' The question isn't whether I was wrong. I know it was wrong. The question is how I feel about it and why. Those are the things I have so much trouble grasping. Something passed between my husband and the blonde. I know that. I know him, and know when he's done something wrong.' I saw the way she looked at him, and I knew. I love him, and I've been faithful to him up until that night. He loved me, and I believe he was faithful to me. So is it her fault? Yes, it is. So what? It's his fault, too, and it's my fault, and so what again? It doesn't matter whose fault it is. What matters is how she feels about it, and him. How he feels about it, and her. How I feel about it, and them. How I feel about that night and how Andril feels, those feelings matter because they'll make us act the way we will. I keep telling myself I would not have done what I did if Julius had not done what he did. That's a lie. I know it's a lie because it was never how I felt. I got up and when I came back, Andrew was sitting on our bed, silent in his silky black pajamas, and Julius was still asleep. That was when I saw the child again, standing in the lobby and staring at the tree, at all the lights. I didn't say anything, and neither did Andrel. We just went up the stairs to his room, holding hands. When we got there, I washed the cream off my face and took my hair out of the curlers. Christmas is always a magical day, but that Christmas day, well, I'll never forget it. For one thing, my son was happy and smiling. It was the first time I'd seen him smile since he was a little fellow. For another, June was radiant. It had been years since I'd seen her so happy or looking so beautiful. As for me, well, Santa and his elves would have been proud of me, I'm sure. I can tell you what happened that day. I can't make you believe it or understand it, and I'm not sure I do either. They came. Felix and Clemente were the first. Felix is our cook, and Clemente's his helper, and they came on Clemente's snowmobile. I hadn't even known the old one, but I was so happy to see them, I hugged them both. June gave each of them a kiss. They presented us with their gifts, and we gave them the things we'd picked out and wrapped for them before the snow started, and introduced them to everybody. Folks, these bold snowmobilers are our friends and employees, Felix and Clemente. Boys, I want you to meet our lovely lady guests, Aaron and I, Naranda, Brenda, and Giselle and these gentlemen are Dondal and Andrel, then Dinah and Maria, the maids, to say nothing of Maria's boyfriend, Maximo. With a name like Maximo, he ought to be a little guy like me, but he's the size of a small truck. What's more, he owns a great big truck, a rusty monster with big wheels and a real good diesel engine. More presents, more hugs and kisses, more introductions and happy holidays. We would almost got settled when we heard the bells, silvery bells a long way down road, A long way, but maybe, just maybe, we told each other, coming closer and closer. That's when Giselle started to sing. She isn't a pretty girl, but she has a lovely voice. After a minute or two, June joined in. Then Dinah and Brenda, Aaronide and Miranda were next, and after that I started singing myself and lost track. Wyatt gave us a shaky tenor and Maximo an earth-shaking bass with a strong Hispanic flavor. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, good will to men. After that we sang Jingle Bells, and not long after that, the sleigh came. It was an open one, pulled by horses, all right, just like you see on Christmas cards, but there were two horses, not just one. Two horses trotting along the tracks left by Maximo's big truck. It turned out the whole thing had been organized by Katie Bates, who's been here for Christmas every year for the past five. She'd found the sleigh at a riding stable in town and lined up seven others to chip in on the price. There wasn't room for all of us in the sleigh, but we all took sleigh rides. I've forgotten just who was in my bunch, but I can swear to June, Wyatt, Maria, and Maximo. I think Miranda and Brenda were with us too. The driver was a kid named Ron. None of the sleigh people stayed overnight, but all of them ate with us and paid for their dinners. They chipped in and bought one for Ron, too, so that was nine for the Christmas inn. The rest of us ate after they'd finished, and no charge for any of those. That's been my policy ever since we opened. Employees eat free. I stretched a point and included Maximo as an employee, even though he would have paid and paid for Maria's dinner, too. The sleigh people left at 10.30 or 11, after a whole lot of goodbyes and enough business at the bar to keep all three of us hopping. And that's when we had the seance. It's where we had it, too. Spirits calling to spirits, J.R. Christmas said as they prepared. Brenda giggled nervously. Giselle told her, The best ghost stories I've ever read were by M.R. James. He only wrote one a year, a story that he had to read to his family at Christmas. You do not fear the dead, Naranda asked. That is well, though some are dangerous. She sat at a small table in the middle of the bar. They'd moved the other tables to one side and stacked some of them. The curtains on all three windows had been drawn wide and the shades pulled up. Every window looked out at the snow and the freezing night, out at the dark and the countless stars. Those who wish to remain must form a circle, Naranda announced. Those who wish to go must go at once, and shut the door. Do not look in until we have finished. She pointed first to J.R. Christmas, then to her right. You. Here, I wish you. He moved his place to the chair she had indicated. You do not leave, my Wyatt. Remain. You said those who wanted to go, not you. Miranda shook her head. You are to assist me. The rest I do not care. Grumbling, Wyatt sat on her left. Next to my Wyatt's father, Aaronide, ordered Miranda. Next to Aaronide, the big man. Next to the big man, you I will have. Maximo and Maria took their seats. We shall have Dondel next. After him, the girl with braids. Giselle said, I'm not sure I'm going to stay. Dondel said, you'll have my protection. And she settled into her chair. Andrel beside her. The mother of Wyatt must sit beside him. "'They complied, and Miranda pointed to Wyatt. "'You must put a chair there, and we must find another man. "'We have a woman over still.' "'Me,' Brenda said, "'and I'm not leaving. "'I'm paying for my room just like you are.' Naranda turned to Wyatt. "'You see? Had you gone? So much the worse. "'What more men have we?' "'J.R. Christmas put in. "'Our cook and his helper, they left with Dinah. "'I'd take Felix if it were up to me.' "'Wyatt brought him and dialed down the lights.' "'You may join hands if you wish. It does not matter. "'Minds you must join. "'Each is to touch the mind to the left.'" What a fucking farce, I thought, only then I felt her thoughts coming in through the right side of my head. It was like we were some kind of twins, only I'd never known about it. What she was telling me mainly was how to touch Mrs. Pepper, so I did, and it felt good. I told her what Miranda had told me, and I said, You and me, any time. I can't promise you'll like it, but I'll try. Hard. It felt better than I'd ever have imagined when Felix touched me. I'd always known he was a good man, cheerful and hardworking, a man who cared about what he did and had his own quiet pride. I'd liked him and never known that he liked me and respected me, too. He told me how to touch Andril. That was what I thought, anyway, but when I tried, it wasn't Andril. It was the child, small and pure, simple as water and as deep as the sea. Not good or bad, because the child didn't know those things, didn't know what they were, and had never done anything because it was a good thing, or because it was a bad thing, either. I love you, I thought. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I was still trying to figure out how you're supposed to hold minds instead of hands when Aronide snuggled up against mine. It was a little bit apologetic and a little bit passionate. Most of all, it was friendly. She kept saying over and over that she was my friend, whether I was her friend or not. After a second or two of that, I wanted to say, I'm your friend, Aronide. I always will be but I don't deserve a friend like you. The problem was that it wasn't Aronide's mind my thoughts were going into. It was Naranda's, and that was when I found out about her and my son. I was glad, then, that June was not sitting where I was. There was a little table in front of Naranda. I don't think I said that. It was one of ours, draped in a white tablecloth from the dining room. A table just big enough for two people with drinks. There were twelve of us in the circle, so you can see that our circle was a lot bigger than the table. The middle had been empty, but all of a sudden, right after I got through learning about Miranda and my son, there were people in there and a funny kind of light. It didn't come down from the ceiling or up from the floor. It was as if every person had swallowed a light bulb and the light was shining through them. "'Don't let it burn,' a man said to me. "'Don't let it burn. Don't ever let it burn.' The third time he said it, I realized that he was talking about our place, about the Christmas inn. I wanted to say I wouldn't, but I kept thinking that he was dead. I was trying to talk to a dead man, and I couldn't open my mouth. One was talking to Maximo. I heard him say something in Spanish. I didn't understand it, but I saw Maximo's face. There were others, and I don't want to talk about them. One may have been Giselle's mother, something like that. What I want to talk about is my grandsons, Adam and Mark, because they were there too. I waved to them, waved hard. Adam didn't see me, or perhaps he didn't want to. I was pretty strict with them when they were here with Mary. He went over to the other side of the circle, and I thought at first he was going to see Grandma June. He wasn't. There was another kid there, one I hadn't seen before, sitting between June and Andril. They came together, and after that they were gone. I guess I took my eyes off them for a moment to look at Mark. When I looked back, it was like neither had ever been there. Mark came straight over to me. He said, I'm dead, Grandpa. Our plane came down in the water, and I got my hand back, but I'm dead. Can you help us? I said, I can't, sport. I wish I could, but pretty soon I'll be dead myself. Then we can be dead together. Then my Mary said, Hi, Pops. I'd loved Mary since she was a baby, and I'd never heard that deep, deep sorrow in her voice before. Mary! Mary! I wanted to jump up and throw my arms around her, but I knew I couldn't do it. It would have been like hugging a soap bubble. As soon as I tried, she'd be gone, and I'd never see her again. I put my head in my hands, and I cried. I felt her touch and looked up. I don't know what I expected to see, but it certainly wasn't what I saw. What I saw was the most beautiful, sunlit landscape imaginable. Gentle hills with blue mountains in the distance, lovely green grass with wildflowers all through it, and groves of trees here and there. Two brooks trickling down through the hills, one making a waterfall that might have been four feet high. Mary was standing next to me with her hand on my shoulder. I said, where are we, Mary? What is this? How did we get here? People who know about it call it Summerland, Pops. Have you ever heard that name? She smiled as she spoke, and her sadness was mixed with something like joy. I shook my head. It looks like heaven. It isn't. They say heaven's a lot different and much nicer. What you see is our place of punishment. Hell? I felt as if my legs had been kicked out from under me. You can't mean that. No, Mary said, and her voice made me want to cry all over again. Hell's different again and much worse. This is temporary. No one stays. Heaven is forever, and so is hell, but until things change, this is where I am. You live here? I don't live at all, Pops. I'm dead, remember? I know what they told you, and in a way it was true. This is where I stay when I'm not on earth with you and Mom. I can't rest where you two are, you see, so I get awfully, awfully tired. And then I come back here. It's not cruel, my punishment. Nobody's rubbing his hands and laughing it's just the bad part of what i've earned and i have to work my way through it you see how beautiful this is it's what earth could be like it's what we were supposed to do and didn't its beauty hurts us because it reminds us each and every time we see it of the place we were given and what we did with it it cheers too when things seem worst we were thought worthy of this and we could be worthy of it yet look at me pops Look me in the face, please, just for a minute. I did, and she said, We're out of the game here. That's the thing that hurts the most. We can rest here, like I told you. We can rest and drink in all the beauty, but we can't eat, and we can't sleep. We can't work or play or even make friends. We can go back to your earth sometimes. We can go back, but we can't do any of those things there either, or even rest. I told you that. I nodded. We were out of it. I played soccer in high school and college. You remember how you and Mom tried to get to all of my games? I did. I said, soccer and softball, Mary. You were good at both of them. Best one on the team. That got me a sad little smile. Thanks, Pops. You were my biggest fan. I was yours, too. A bigger fan even than Mom. Do you know it? I had, and I nodded. You used to say that business was a game, too, and you were right as usual. Here, we're out of all the games. Am I making this clear? All of life is a big, big game made up of little ones with everybody playing on the same team. Do I have to explain who and what you living people are playing against? Entropy is one of their names. I thought I knew and I said so. That's good because I'm I'm getting terribly tired. We're out of it here. We can rest because we're on the sidelines and sidelines are where you get to rest. Only when you're on the sidelines, you want to get back into the game. Eventually, some of us move up. It means our playing careers are over. We're no longer undergrads and can't stay on the team, although we can cheer for it and do certain other things to help. The rest of us will go back after we've worked through all the things we have to work through. When we've remembered and repented all the opportunities we missed, all the times we hot-dogged when we should have helped a teammate, we go back and begin a fresh life fresh, somewhere else, some other time. I wasn't sure I understood everything, but I nodded. You've been here before, Pops, probably three or four times. Try hard and keep trying and you may remember it or not. I'll try, I said, and I'll keep on praying for you. That's good. I'm almost through, but I want you to remember this too, and I know you will. I love you as much as any girl's ever loved her father. So long, Pops. She took her hand off my shoulder and I realized that my face was in my hands and wet all over with tears. Naranda smiled at the stunned expressions around the circle. The clock in the lobby was striking. She waited until the echoes of the twelfth and final stroke had died before she spoke. The time is midnight. Your great holiday is done. You have entertained us with your farce for several days. We thought it only just that we should entertain you with our tragedy before we go. Both plays are at the final line. We, the players, drop our masks. We, the audience, rise and think of home and friends once more. There is an epilogue, Andrel said. Exactly. You are eight, an inconvenient number. Therefore, those who have seen least are to go. Big man, Miranda pointed to Maximo. Go, take your woman with you, the cook also. Maximo rose and glowered at her, but did as he had been told. Five remain, and this is what we wish. There was silence as she looked from Wyatt on her left to Brenda, from Brenda to June, from June to Giselle, and from Giselle to J.R. Christmas on her right. You may choose, but one must choose for the group. Is that understood? You may remember us, and all that has taken place in this. The Christmas of us. Or you may forget, if that is what the chooser wishes. No one spoke until Dondel caught the eye of J.R. Christmas. You will be concerned for your profit, Dondel said. You have great need of it, I believe. J.R. Christmas nodded. We need it badly. You're right. Though you forget, it will not be gone. You will not remember how it came into your hands, but you will have it still. Dondel took a thick packet of bills from his coat. Here is more. "'It is nothing to us. "'Do not count it until we have gone. "'And Merry Christmas.' "'He tossed it to Aronide. "'This is from Dondel. she said. "'Some of you may receive other gifts "'from certain ones of us in the years to come. "'That might happen.' "'She passed the packet, a stack of fifty-dollar bills, "'to J.R. Christmas. Miranda said, "'You five who remain know not only the ghosts "'we have exhibited to you, but us. "'You have heard our words, and we have heard yours.' Some of you have shared food with us, and there is not one of you who has not shared life with us. Who denies this? J.R. Christmas looked at June, and June at him. Giselle and Brenda exchanged glances. Wyatt looked at his shoes. Andrew coughed. Very well. Quickly, please. Who are we? Whom have you kissed? To whom did you teach your songs? Are we your countrymen? You know we are not. If we are not, who are we? June said, You're human beings. That's what I feel. Wyatt whispered, Not me. He hadn't meant it to be heard, but all of them heard him. You must be specific, Miranda snapped. You, the waiter. What are we? Say it. You're devils, Wyatt told her. Mr. Donnell gave me a hundred bucks, but that doesn't change what I think, and I think you're a devil straight from hell. The short woman next, Miranda pointed. I'm with this kid, Brenda said. Her hand found Wyatt's and clasped it. With him or any way close to him, friendly or unfriendly, you're demons. Mrs. Christmas next. Speak. June shook her head. You have no opinion. None. I know what I believe you are, June said. Her voice carried no emotion. I don't want to be the one to choose, so I won't say. You must. June shook her head. Andrel smiled at her. I understand, although I am not certain Miranda does. We will take you last. If either of the others arrives at the answer, we will not take you at all. June smiled. She was not pretty, even when she smiled. Yet there was something better and more lasting in her eyes. Andrel turned to his left. You are called Giselle, are you not? You must share your wisdom with us, Giselle. We insist. I saw a ghost, Giselle said. Miranda snorted. I saw a ghost. "'He was... it doesn't matter. "'What he told me was meant to be terribly, terribly cruel. "'I know that, but it wasn't. "'Those were the words that unlocked my cage, "'and I spread my wings.' "'She looked at Wyatt and seemed hardly older than me. "'You must tell us what you think,' Miranda snapped. "'Your most promising theory. Who are we? What are we?' "'Giselle rose. For a moment, she looked at Dondel, "'and giggled. He chuckled. "'A chuckle full of warmth and friendship.' "'and she crossed the circle and tried to take Naranda's hands. "'I think you're angels. "'You may be fallen angels,' like the waiter said. "'You're angels just the same. "'Please return to your seat,' Naranda told her, and she did. "'Aaronide whispered, "'You must try like the others, my jewel.' "'J.R. Christmas nodded. "'I saw ghosts, too, just like Miss Grantham. "'I saw ten or twelve, and three spoke to me. "'He himself could speak no more.' From the other side of the circle, June said softly, Was it so bad, Julius? It wasn't. It was good. He raised his voice. I said I talked to three ghosts, and that's the truth. I think there's a bigger truth, that I've talked to 7 Your ghosts, if you ask me. The ghosts of what? I don't know, but ghosts. You wanted my guess? All right, you have it. And we, Andril murmured, must have your wives after all. He turned to June. Had any of the four been correct, I could have spared you this. They were not by which you know that we are not devils, demons, angels, or ghosts. You called us human beings, and you are quite correct. We are. Be more specific. June rose. Although she was not tall, she seemed tall in that moment. You want to guess, she began you're going to get a speech instead. Last night when most of you were in bed, I put up my old crib set under the tree. This man, Andrel, she gestured to her left, watched me and asked what Mary and Joseph and all the shepherds and angels were worshipping. I told him I'd put the child Jesus in the crib on Christmas morning. I've done it, though I doubt that anybody noticed. I did, Andril murmured, and I said that until I did, they were worshipping nothing "'I thought about that later, and I've thought about it ever since. "'I feel it's the key, or maybe the key to the key. "'It's the key to what's wrong with Christmas, "'and it's the key to the key to what's happened to the five of us this Christmas.' "'She paused as if waiting for an interruption. "'None came. "'The trouble with Christmas is that we don't think of the child. "'Holiday means holy day.' i suppose everybody knows all right there's nothing wrong with the things we think about decorating the house and getting presents for other people and giving them there's nothing wrong with singing or playing games or kissing under the mistletoe but mostly we don't think of the child at all and as long as we don't we're worshiping nothing she knows erin i told andrew very slightly he nodded there's a child with you june said "'I gave that child milk and a cookie and some strawberries I had. "'We didn't see it much, and when we did, we didn't pay much attention to it. "'The child's the key, just the same,' she pointed. "'Anybody here who understands about the child understands Aaron and I there,' she pointed again. "'And Miranda, too, and both the men.' Dondel clapped. His hands came together softly, making no sound, but he continued clapping.' "'You won't get a guess from me,' June said. "'I've told you why you won't get one. "'I've given the rest a clue, "'and any of them who want to decide can speak up and do it.' "'For a moment, no one spoke. "'Then Brenda said, "'I just wish I knew what the hell you are talking about.' "'You must decide,' Aaronide told June. "'You cannot escape this. "'It's whether we forget all this or remember it.' "'Aaronide nodded. "'So did J.R. Christmas, "'who was fingering the thick packet of bills in his coat pocket. "'I want to vote,' June sighed. I'll decide whichever way the vote goes. Wyatt said, Don't call on me first, Mom. I gotta think. I'll go first, Brenda announced. I want to forget. Is that plain enough? June nodded. Giselle's soft voice seemed to float in the silence. I wish to recall everything. I must. I must remember. J.R. Christmas cleared his throat. Some of it was bad, and some was good, June, honey. I'd like to forget the bad and remember the good, He glanced at Aaron and and stood a trifle straighter. That's probably the way it is for everyone, but we don't get to pick and choose. So I'm with Mrs. Grantham. I want to remember. More loudly than necessary, Wyatt said, So do I, Mom. Can I explain? June nodded. Me and Miranda did things you wouldn't like, and it got me thinking about the kids at school and what jerks they are. Then I thought, oh shit, they're only kids. Cut them some slack. After that, it hit me that I was growing up. I was growing up, and you don't know how bad you need to till you start. I want to hang on to that. Andrel rose. You are not bound by them or by what you have said, June. You are to decide, not they. If you choose with Brenda Pepper, they will never know you chose to disregard their vote, and neither will you. June looked at her husband and her son, at Brenda and at Giselle. Then at Aranine, last of all and longest, at an Andril. She shut her eyes and seemed to nibble her lower lip.
1: Ah, uh, beautiful reading, Craig. Beautiful reading, by the way. Yeah.
0: I tried to kinda do a little bit different with each person but it wasn't it wasn't intense <laughs> so
1: all right you want to give this uh, story a, kind of a rundown and see if we can figure it out sure uh, i find sure, it sure, sure a little bit puzzling um so let's talk about the christmas family um yes. so this is sort of a sequel to the tree is my hat which is a, thank you, thank a horror you. story so if you you can read the tree is my hat well, it's in Innocence Aboard, and you can also read it in The Very Best of Gene Wolfe. And if you have, I mean, it's in The Best of Gene Wolfe, and if you have The Very Best of Gene Wolfe, then you also have this story, yeah. Christmas story. Um, and then you can read it at the end. If you don't have The The Very Best of Gene Wolfe, which is a limited uh, edition collection, then you can get it in Nebula Awards Showcase 2014.
0: Yep, and in a pinch it is available online in really? oh. Yeah, well, just cuz that is available in a few places. Yeah, well, it's slightly pirating, but it is, <laughs> but it is available in various places.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it's very hard to get.
0: Yes. Yeah, cuz it was originally done in a chapbook. Just yeah. a
1: little chapbook, which I I have. I have three <laughs> collections of this story. And and uh it's a good story. It's a good story. It's a weird story. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, I like it, but, but it is very strange. Yeah, it gets very odd about halfway through and um gets a little strange. Now, and I, I wasn't sure too, did it begin as a much longer
1: novella and he shortened
0: it? I don't
1: think so. He wrote it specifically as a chapbook.
0: Okay. Yeah, I thought I saw somewhere that he had written it intentionally longer and then had to shorten it for something, but I Yeah. Could be
1: well totally the liter- wrong. the literary magazine postscripts asked him uh, Nick Gevers asked him to write a story that they would put in a chat book as a gift to their subscribers. And uh, so this is what came of it. Gotcha. Uh, okay so uh Christmas Day. there's no way we can talk about this story by the way without spoiling the tree is my hat. Right. And the tree is my hat is easy to it is easy to get uh, you get an instance of board. You get it in the best of Gene Wolfe. So if you're worried about that, then you better go get those collections and read the story first, because there's just no way this actually follows up on the Tree Is My Hat by after one year. Yeah. So okay, so what we have here is the Christmas family, who are the family of the wife of the protagonist in the Tree of My Hat. And the tree is my hat ends with this person who you can derive from the story. The tree is my hat. So once again, we're going to spoil it. You can derive that her name is Mary and that, so her maiden name is Mary Christmas. And so we have the mother who is June Christmas and the father who is Julius R. Christmas. And from the story, Craig, I think I know what V-R-T stands for, what the R is in V-R-T.
0: Hmm. Okay. You'll have to explain that one because I don't.
1: Well, it's a, it's a, it's, remember the the protagonist in the first novella is uh, number five. Right. So it's Roman numeral number five, five R-T, Trenchard. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so we have June Christmas and we have Julius R Christmas, which is Roman July. That's that's my explanation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and then we have her brother who is Wyatt Christmas, <laughs> which is a, an obvious joke. Yeah. Um so this happens A year after she died, everyone knows that she's died and she had twins and we're going to find out that they also have died. Yep. Although this is the first they're finding out about it. Uh, They have a, an inn and it's a struggling inn and they rely very much on the Christmas traffic in order to, to, to make their mortgage every year.
0: And it's an inn that's very themed, too. Like they say, they do a whole Christmas shindig right. during the season. And at one point, the father talks about how they really make a lot of money during the season because they get a lot of lonely people who come mm-hmm. in who haven't fallen in love or who haven't kept relationships and who come just so as not to feel horrible and lonely.
1: Right, right. And they have 42 rooms in this hotel, but... Um, they. Uh, they don't really need to have it full in, in order to make their, their rent. Um, this takes place, it, like I said, in the same world as The Tree as My Hat, which takes place in the same world uh, about uh, two generations before the events in the novel An Evil Guest. And so this is kind of, and also in the uh, novella, which is also uncollected, *Memorera*, right? Mm-hmm. And so, th- which is kind of a weird world. It's kind of a mix because in the tree is my hat. You have an undersea God, a Cthulhu type, uh, alien being, we call him an alien, but he's been on earth since before humans were human. Right. And the, uh, and so he basically considers, you know, the humans, his cattle and, Humanity is, is under his thumb, but, I mean, frankly, he was there first. And, and all of these other aliens have come to Earth as sort of refugees from other places, and they stay on Earth at his—you uh, uh, know, because he's willing. And also, we know from, in this world that there's another alien planet— It's the only uh, sentient alien life form that they know of on the planet, WolderCon. And Woldercon is, well, it's very fairy-like in in many ways. All right, so, um, but now, I say it's kind of a mishmash because I don't think that these visitors that they're going to get, that they get in this story have anything to do with any of that.
0: Yeah, I don't believe so either um yeah yeah, i don't think they're aliens uh because at one point they even tell people no we're human that mystery
1: is no we're not aliens no we're not ghosts no we're not angels no we're not demons right (laughs) but but, which is left to us to figure out you know what the heck are they
0: yeah and then they even say don't they that we're human but you gotta figure it out more specifically than that
1: yes 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 so the the hotel is empty Right. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're going to be in trouble for some reason. Be, they've got kind of got snowed in and, and they aren't getting any guests. And yeah. then up shows this black, rolls this black SUV sitting in the parking lot. They don't see it come. Why it um, goes out to greet him, but he doesn't actually see any tire tracks leading up. It, it's just there. Yeah. And there's four of them. Um, and they got names. They got um Naronda. Who is little and dark and, um, and female and, and female? And then there's Erinide, and yeah, I didn't,
0: yeah, pronunciation and and blonde. I just,
1: I yeah, well, yeah, we're yeah, we're we're just gonna have to try. And then there's Andril, who's male and kind of dark and thin. And then there's Dondel, who's big and uh, light. Yeah.
0: Um, and then there is a mysterious fifth child there is a mysterious Maybe. fifth
1: child i got a question Maybe. um is this supposed to be like the the chris kind or whatever it is the Kind christ kinder christ yeah kinder christ. i don't That's know the german kinder christ the child the christmas child
0: yeah and i don't know i mean the Christkind kind is a weird thing that was never it was originally supposed to be the christ child that you know was born on the day but then over time just because of traditions and having young people dress up as the Christ child. Now it's often represented as as a young blonde girl. And that's just very traditional or even a blonde woman, uh, who plays the Christ child who is still called the Christ child, but is obviously not a little baby boy. So yeah, it's an odd kind of traditional thing. That's just happened over time. Yeah. I don't know what this kid's supposed to be. He says he'll soon, he'll have to choose a name.
1: Mm-hmm. he says yeah right yeah
0: and the others don't seem the other four don't seem to
1: recognize him
0: um they certainly they, they, don't they like,
1: don't speak of him or anything
0: they don't like speak that. of him they do well they they do know he's there because they actually they get a fifth room. room for him right yeah, yeah. yeah. so um but then he acts, he acts like a ghost, like Wyatt mm-hmm. at one point goes up and tries to, you know, goes to the room and looks in the room and the lights are off and the lights don't work and nothing's there. And then as soon as he talks to the boy and or says something, the lights come on, but he never actually really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't quite place where he is. And, some yeah. people
1: can see him and some people can't June can right. see him. Yep. Right. And she's, she's more, she's um, kind
0: to him. she, She takes care of them. She's
1: kind of more psychic, right? She's Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more like that.
0: Yeah. And she always says, too, that she doesn't think she feels. That's what she says. Yeah, exactly. Because she knows that the way people will always act is based on what they feel, that it's not really what they think. It's what you feel to be true is what really matters. And that's going to control your behavior and what's true, basically.
1: Yeah. And when they come, you know, they come. He doesn't see. It's like the 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 car just there. And once he gets the package, the bags all pulled out, he gets, um, he, he goes back to look and the, and the car is just gone. Right. And, uh, when he comes, he says, Oh yeah, we've got Christmas. we got all this coming up and they, and, uh, and everyone's really, you know really trying to sell them on the, on the whole Christmas theme. And one of the women, the big bond, er- 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 says. And tree, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is the veneration of trees, yeah. so so I guess that's a referring that they, they, they've they've got some knowledge of Christmas trees, right?
0: Yeah, but they don't know what Christmas is like, and they also don't know the baby Jesus story mm-hmm. and and the whole uh, yeah the whole manger story is apparently new to them, or at least something they have to have explained to them. Right. Or maybe are letting other people explain to them to see what they think about. It. So, but well, it's it's very likely to. It's very 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 more likely that yeah they don't really seem to know what it is. Yeah, what the story is.
1: The structure of this storytelling is peculiar, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we have we have first person narratives from each of the uh, members of the Christmas family. And then we also jut over into third person. Third person. And it starts off where everything
0: is first person. And then the large, strange thing that is the big final scene, that's all third person.
1: Right. Yeah. Which
0: is, which is a little odd. It's almost like he kind of gives up on the the switching back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: kind of thought but we were going to learn who the, th- you know, who the third person was as a character in the story. And that's, that never happens, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I can tell, the third person is Gene Wolfe, right?
0: You mean the oh who who the narrator was? Yeah, that who one the narrator section? is? Oh yeah, no, person. we get yeah. June, we get June telling some stuff. We get Julius, a father, telling some things. We get Wyatt telling some things, and then there's this other section, but it's never from a character's point of view. So far as I can tell, yeah. it's always just third
1: person. Uh, Oh, and all four of them, they arrive and they're all wearing green parkas. Yes. Basically wearing the same outfits.
0: And one person is wearing red
1: gloves. And Naronda, she's there. There is some difference. Um,
0: Yes, definitely.
1: uh, Erinita is tall and blonde and... um, okay, it's a Gene Wolf story. And <laughs> they're, uh, at, at some point, we're going to see that she has large breasts that just seem to get bigger. <laughs> and yeah, the, uh, and
0: eventually are bigger than her head.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Naranda just stays small. But, um, uh, so they do, they they take the room for five nights for five people. And uh, even though he only sees them with, with four and they're very, they're unfamiliar with with money, right? So yeah. they're guessing that a fifty uh, is it, you know that a fifty dollar bill that five hundred dollars is ten times a fifty, which suggests that maybe they don't use a ten based um, numbering system, right? right. So unless you got something more interesting to talk about, we can talk about the fact that they seem to be on some sort of sexual tourism trip. It
0: seems like it. Yeah, it's really uh, hard to say. So the two women, um, one almost immediately seduces Wyatt.
1: Right. The, the, who's a teenager. who's he's, a teenager. He's underage, right? He's yep. not and, a.
0: And after it happens, he immediately talks about feeling horrible.
1: Like he feels just... not, be, not because of. He just feels physically horrible, right? Yeah. And his father mentions that he just seems depressed, yeah. which he seems to eventually gets over. But he he says, you know, there's they say there's good sex and there's bad sex, but you'd always but you you'd do it anyway again anyway, whether it's good or bad. But in this case, I I would not do it again.
0: Yeah. And then his father ends up having an affair with Arenita, but um and, and that he does feel bad good. about it, and but he, he feels- doesn't
1: really he doesn't really feel he knows he he's he he knows he he feels yeah, guilty he about feels it, wrong. but he doesn't he, have that same horrible feel reaction. But he also doesn't really. He doesn't. He he knows he should feel guilty about it, but he doesn't really seem yeah. to feel guilty about
0: yeah, it. Yeah, it's odd. It's it's an odd reaction, and and he kind of maintains that relationship. Yeah,
1: That's I you know point I point. thought that when we when they first showed up and they said you know dendrology, uh, yeah, which is the veneration tree, I thought, well maybe these are are tree people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what about yeah. what about? So that, speaking of so, you know. So
0: there, so there, those two, that happens. There are the other two men. um, But these, by the way, these don't seem like couples. It's not like Dondel is with Naranda and, you know, it's not like that. It doesn't seem at all. They're, they're four separate people. Um, Eventually June, the mother ends up having an affair with.
1: Andrel. Andrel.
0: Um, and she has one moment where she talks about how it wasn't the best thing. It wasn't the worst thing, but she felt like she was getting out of a rut somehow. Uh So, um, so obviously their marriage has sort of gotten flat and they talk about how Wyatt is always upset with his parents and Mm -hmm. especially his dad is always on his case. So I take it that what's happened is in the year after Mary's death, the family's, not fallen apart completely, but there's just a lot of distance between all of them.
1: Well, even, you know, Julius, it might be kind of hard to get along with. Anyway, he might be kind of a gruff character because uh, we do hear at one point from one of his twin grandsons and he had, and and he himself talked that he was kind of rough with him.
0: Yeah. At the time. Yeah. So, um, and Mary, well we're going to talk about this but w- at one point he later on there's a seance and he ends up talking to his daughter's ghost and she yeah. even says you know i i loved you more than anyone could love could when he, any daughter could love her father and i know i even love you more than mom does and mm-hmm. he he recognizes that as true so yeah. yeah so it's not it's not a perfect marriage by any case but then so Dondel never seems to have anything but he does get very flirty with two other women who show up and yeah, yeah, and two
1: Brenda and Giselle, who are just—they're yeah. just regular people this yep. time. Uh, but uh, Brenda Pepper, <laughs> and uh, I forget—we get the—we get Giselle's last name too at some point. But uh, they seem to—they seem to have had sex with the two men as well, right? And when yeah, they first come I in, the know. men sort of change as well. They yeah. become maybe you know maybe younger and maybe more handsome yeah and donald
0: donald at first seemed very big the father talks about him as you know he's got a salesman's kind of voice but he doesn't really it's almost more robotic it seems like until the women show up and then he gets chatty and a little Mm -hmm. bit jokey and yeah so definitely odd odd characters like not definitely not supposed to be yet normal people (laughs) like they're they're (laughs) acting in odd ways
1: well here's a question what do you think about the idea that the the child the fifth child is something like um the uh the wolf character in the fifth head of cerberus where he's kind of a psychic melding of all the others
0: hmm i suppose that could be um But I still have questions about, yeah, what he is though in any mm-hmm. way, Um yeah, and sort yeah, of his, just, his role because, in this. Yeah, so. because
1: he's, he's he's like a child. If he if that's the case, then he's a child that is born from those, and a, maybe at some point he's going to become more real. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know if he was like. You know, they say they're human, but I don't know. So maybe he was a proto one of them, whatever they are. Yeah. I, that's a possibility. He does, sure. he does
1: eat. He does eat because she gives him cookies eat. and milk and strawberries. And
0: yeah, yep. And he seems to have some kind of psychic control over like the light, at least. Right. Like when
1: or I mean, maybe he's invisible and just turns stuff off. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a hard one. Like what he is. I don't know. I still am, am a little fuzzy on that, but I'm also fuzzy with what the four things are. Cause we know later on, they, they tell everybody else, you know, you got to guess. And some you people gotta guess what angels, we are. Ghosts, yeah. Yeah. demons. Uh, and what's the fourth thing they say they're not. But they they're not
1: angels, to... demons, aliens, or Ali- ghosts. Or, okay. Yeah.
0: So they're not, yeah. They specifically say they're not those things and they, yeah. Say they're human, but that's, that's not enough to know. So, um, yeah. So, that those affairs are kind of the setup, um, but then they end up having um, uh, their chef comes, their maids come. Mm-hmm. A Felix, of their- the sh-
1: Felix is the chef, yeah. and they have, and oh, and the maid is—is is that Maria?
0: Maria, I think, yeah.
1: and and her boyfriend Maximus who's a big yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, they show up. Um, they make it there on a sleigh, which is cool that, mm-hmm. that somebody figures out that in town there was a sleigh and had a couple horses. And and they make it there on, is it Christmas Day? I think it is Christmas yeah, Day. They the Christmas yeah, they arrive on Christmas Day. Yes. On Christmas Day, they make it there to celebrate and have Christmas and they do a nice thing. And they they teach the the four newcomers have learned all these Christmas carols now. They um, play
1: Blind Man's Bluff. Yeah, they, they play.
0: play common games about Christmas. They even mentioned Christmas. Christmas ghost stories. They did. Um, they did, and Scrooge they
1: M.R. James, who we yeah. said, "Oh, who owned, who who was famous for his ghost stories, but actually only wrote them for his family once a year at Christmas."
0: Yeah, that's what they. It's not true, but that's what they said.
1: <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Wolf. I'll tell you. I know that Wolf believed it was true. Oh yeah. So, well, it yeah. it was
0: a legend that about him that was often told. But yeah. So, um, but I know there are a couple of times he had a couple a year. So, but anyway, um. <laughs> So they' so he does that. They have a nice regular day and then while at the end of the day they end up deciding to have a seance. And how that comes about, I'm not really sure. <laughs> like I, I couldn't exactly tell
1: well, the Rhonda, who is kind of witchy, um, yeah, it kind of leads it, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and there is a there is a, by the way, there is an, a, an event where she and Wyatt go out on skis. Oh yes. uh, and right. get a Christmas tree. and he's just wants to get rid of her. He doesn't wander her around yeah and you know he he's, it makes he's, her drag it with uh, with him for a while, a while and she doesn't um and she finally, finally she says, "I'll go. Up. I'll get some help, I'll get some help. And so as soon as she's gone, he gets out his block and tackle. And then pulls it the way he normally would. Yeah, which, um, yeah. by the way, uh, there's a reference to him. I, I wrapped it around a big hemlock. A hemlock is a, a is a conifer, type, is a type of conifer tree. Yeah, everybody is is seem to be seems to be coming. The the participants in this in this story seem very specifically chosen somehow, mm-hmm. as if they mean something in Wolf's mind. Yeah, but I'll be honest. I, I was not able to pick up that what that meaning might have been.
0: Yeah, especially towards the end. There's definitely a feeling that the specific people who were there and the roles they played were supposed to mean something, and right. somehow not exactly teach each other a lesson. But yeah, the whole
1: Repres- maybe symbolic represents something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's hard to tell what that. Yeah. What that was, because especially towards the end, they all do this seance and there's a moment of telepathy between people. Yeah. And then they each seem to have and they some have kind to be of beside
1: their locations yeah. are chosen. Uh, essentially, you can see who's having sex with who because of who has to sit next to who.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they have it it's sort of the, the telepathy goes from one person to the other, that it's like all of a sudden. She says, you know, go into, don't, you don't have to hold hands. You can, but go share minds with the person on your left or right or whichever yeah, way. You're.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And she says, and she says, I'll show you how she goes over because she said, why, yeah. why has to sit next to her. And
0: and he talks she, about her mind comes into mine and it was and like, tell me how
1: and, to go into yeah. the, the girl next to him.
0: And they all talk about how it was a great feeling. You just feel this wonderful feeling of connection. Right. So the other people, um, And like, even when it happens to Julius with one of the women who he hasn't really been close to, I think it's, it's right. He says something like, you know, I didn't really know her. I didn't want her in my mind, (laughs) but it was like the greatest feeling ever. It was just like so close, like she would have been my friend forever or something like that. Like just this incredible closeness. Um, And then he has a vision and sees his daughter as a ghost and grandchildren. Well, okay, before and, we yeah, go into that, I mean,
1: should we? Yeah, okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. I'm just kind of
0: know. like bringing that up just yeah. to sort of that's where this is all going. Because exactly. And he's going to
1: find out that this is the time when he finds out that his twin sons have died on the plane uh, trip on the way home. So this is the first he's heard of it, right? Now I couldn't.
0: Oops i I couldn't tell about that because if he knew that. Mary was dead and it's been a, a year. year ago.
1: Well, really, who mean, know They've been sitting on the island with their dad all this time. Yeah. Who knows?
0: I guess that's true. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, but the, the thing though is I was just going to say is that after he has that experience, then Naronda and the other ones kind of give them a choice and, First they tell a couple of them to go away and then there are five left and the yeah, five they have a choice important. to stay
1: or not. Right. Yeah. Some, and to some remember, them have to stay others. Yeah. Are absolute choice.
0: Yeah. And after they have the, the seance, then they're like, okay, the five of you who are left will get to decide whether you want to remember this or not.
1: Yeah. Well, they, Oh, I, it says that there was eight of you, which is an inconvenient number. And I think yeah. it's an inconvenient number because it's an even number. So there might be a tie
0: something. Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess that could be true too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, then they have to, although they say that they get to choose, but it's up to one person in the end and it's whoever gets, whoever guesses right, what they are gets to choose whether or not they remember. And June is the only one first. She doesn't say what they are, but she does say something. She says she knows and she's not
1: going to say, she doesn't actually say what it is. However. Okay. So we can talk about that in a minute, but, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about the presentation of the afterlife in this story. Yeah. And it is interesting because, as everyone knows, Wolf was a observant Roman Catholic, a, a convert. But this particular version of the afterlife, you know. In uh, C.S. Lewis's *The Great Divorce*, he has a he presents a version of the afterlife, and he's very well aware that what he is presenting is not is is, is not orthodox or traditional for any uh, for any for any tradition of Christianity. Right. Um, he, he says, you know, some people say, you know, the tree lies wh- where it where it was where it fell, which is to say, if you know, if if you're damned when you die, then you're damned for eternity, and if you're saved when you die, then you're saved for eternity. And others say that all will be saved, and he doesn't say that either. So he and he recognizes that he's going counter to other traditions. In this case, in this case, Wolf presents a version of the afterlife. That is an amalgamation of the Catholic and uh, Orthodox tradition of the of purgatory mm-hmm. and English fairy lore. So the summerlands, uh, fairy, I should say, the summerlands and fairyland is another world. It's just on the other that you can't just get to, but it's also it's also the afterlife.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it seems to be mixed up with reincarnation.
1: And in this case, yes. It's also a kind of a mix up with Buddhist or Hindi uh, reincarnation, right? And everyone is going to improve. They're going to, to when after they've learned their lessons they have to learn, then they're going to go back and be reincarnated. But there is a heaven. Eventually, the idea, which is kind of uh, like a, like nirvana, right? Eventually you might move on to heaven, right? So the Summerland, which is a beautiful, beautiful green lands, but you might, you know, uh, it's, it's purgatory, but it's not like anyone being tortured or anything there. It's very pretty, but it's also an agony because you have to go over all of the mistakes you made, all the opportunities you missed uh, in your life and deal with those. Yep. So I, that's kind of interesting. It's, it's interesting to me, um, the extent to which Wolf himself was constructing a afterlife that seemed right to him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was, yeah, not, not Orthodox at all. No, so there's no, also the Catholic. strange thing where he says that the summerlands, this purgatory, it's actually gorgeous and beautiful. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not heaven, but, mary says it's almost like what earth could be like if everybody was just making the right choices and so you sit there and are like wow this is beautiful i wish reality could be like this but that's still not heaven it's just something it's like a perfect version of earth rather than heaven which is an interesting distinction i think because it's not yeah even if the summer like even the summerlands are a beautiful earth but they're not heaven yet so yeah, yeah it's a it's the lots of levels of things going on in there.
1: So, Oh, now, so I want, there's a thing I wanted to go back before we get to the end of this thing. I want to talk about Christmas Eve because uh, June talks to Andrel, but because she goes and she gets this, uh, she has this manger scene that she sets Mm -hmm. up in the, uh, underneath the tree. And she doesn't do it until everyone's gone to bed and she sets it up. And in this, the, uh, the manger is, is empty. Right. It's mm-hmm. only on Christmas Day they're gonna put the, the the Christ child into the, the manger in the center of yep. the crash. And she says, uh Andrew says, What are they doing? She's he's talking about the um all the, know, other like characters, the manger, yeah. all the other characters, right? And she says, They're worshiping. And he says, The tree? Remember, we already talked about uh right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tree veneration, tree worship. And she says she shakes her head and he says, Th- Then are they worshiping the trough? The trough is empty. And she says, This is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow I'll lay the child Jesus there and they'll be worshiping him. Until I do, there's nothing for them to worship. He says, I, I see. And it's clear he doesn't really see. And she says, The star up there, up on the top of the tree, she means uh, the whole tree, it's for him, really. For, for God and God's son, who's God? To her utter astonishment, Angel kissed her, and uh, and you know she says, "I'm not under a mistletoe," and he says, "My mistake." So that, and that's where the scene ends. Mm-hmm. So I think that is coming up when Sheik makes her guess about what they are. Like I said, every uh, of the five people that are there, there's the Christmas family and the two. Female guests that have come. The the help of all decided what we're at it here, right?
0: Yeah. Well, they leave. Then Felix and the Felix and Maria and the big guy come back, and they actually sit in the. Uh, or does Maria sit in the the circle of the seance? I can't remember if she does, but I know the big guy and Felix.
1: But there's only five left, right? Right. The family and the Brenda and Giselle. Yeah,
0: and she kicks some of them out. And then she he mentions at one point Maximo had a he he had a little kind of a hurt look on his face. Yeah. But she's like, "Yeah, you guys didn't get affected as much,
1: or something like that," which is (laughs) odd. It's like, let's face it, we didn't have sex with you, so you're out. Yeah, (laughs) it
0: could have been that. It could have been that. So, um,
1: so she says, um, says, "Okay, so finally, it's June who has to guess. Everyone else has guessed wrong." not aliens, not de- devils, not demons, and not ghosts. And she gives an answer. She says, uh, the, she, she talks about the child, uh, and she talks about not having, uh, people not realizing that, that you know, the, this is not just a holiday, it's a holy day. Yeah. And that they don't, they're not, they're worshiping. They're not busy doing, there's nothing in the holiday. There's nothing for them to venerate. There's nothing for them to worship if they don't have, have, you know, Jesus in it, the middle. And she, um, she says, she says, there is a child with you. I I gave that child milk and a cookie and some strawberries I had. We didn't see it much. And when we did, we didn't pay much attention to it. The child's the key, just the same. Anybody here who understands about the child understands Erinide there. She pointed, and Naranda too, and both the men. And uh, Dondel claps, and he says, "She says you won't get a guess from me. I've told you why you won't get one. I've I've given the rest a clue, and any of them who want to decide can speak up and do it." And they say, "No, you must decide." And says she's, "You're, you're going to have. You can't not guess." And so she says. She says it's whether we forget all this or remember it, and be and they're because they're all going to, to uh, if I guess if nobody guesses then they're all going to forget about this right mm-hmm. and obviously yep. she did guess right because everyone's writing this story, so in the past tense so everyone guesses she does guess right yeah um so the question is what did she guess so I. Uh, so let me read from uh, Gene Wolfe's author's note from The Very Best of Gene Wolfe. I've can. i already read. Did you listen to it at all? No, not yet. Mm-mm. Okay. So he talks about, I'm going to read it so that you can make a decision. Okay. On. Cool. So Jim and Karen Clark send us a Christmas card every year, and it's always the same Christmas card printed on brown paper with poetry by G.K. Chesterton where most Christmas cards have pictures of Santa Claus. Here it is. To an open house in the evening, home shall men come. To an older place than Eden and a taller town than Rome. To the end of the way of the wandering star, to the things that cannot be and that are, to the place where God was homeless and all men are at home. Those verses, the crowning stanza of The House of Christmas lie at the heart of the story you read. Acting on behalf of PS Publishing, Nick Gevers asked me to write a story that Peter Crowther, who publishes Postscripts, could send as a Christmas gift to subscribers. But at that time, I was advising Christmas, I was addressing Christmas cards. And like most people, I send cards to the people who send us cards last year. To an open house at evening, Home shall men come. There it was. If people from a, a place that had lost Christmas came back to look for it. And then I remembered the the tree of my hat, which you've read earlier in this book and re- recalled that the hero's ex-wife had a father, a kindly enthusiastic little man named Julius Christmas. His daughter, Mary, called him Pops. This is what my daughter, Terry, calls me. And a black sports utility vehicle floated down the among the snowflakes to settle in the snow. The end. We, we know something about those little places in this family. Should you ever wish to spend a few days happily and inexpensively in the most beautiful parts of the Ozarks, Google the Sister Creek Resort. My daughter, Maddie, and her husband own it. Writers are sometimes asked where they get their ideas. Harlan Ellison says Schenectady. As for me, uh, well, I want no better Christmas cards than the ones Jim and Karen Clark sent. So I think I know who these people are. Okay. What
0: do, you, do you? Well, he does say there about the people who had lost Christmas and come back. And um, there is definitely time travel in all of in, in this world, right? In That's world right. In West
1: in WolderCon, uh, if you go to Con, um, the, the there's a time differential and it leads to people often getting receiving messages before they were sent.
0: Right. So it could be that they are from the future and have come back to look for Christmas.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that must be the answer. I don't, I'm not sure that any reader could deduce that from this story on its own. An exclusion of all other possibilities. The
0: the time travel thing is very strange. I mean, if they're human, but, you know, don't seem to know anything about Christmas stuff, then that definitely seems like part of it. Um, You know, so who is the child then at that point? Well, maybe you could see it as if, you know, they. I I, and I really don't know maybe the child is like what the savior is gonna be like when people rediscover Hmm. the need to worship or something like that maybe um I don't know I mean that's an odd thing but it one other just one little point about being from the future he does talk about a stick that they take pictures of right like there there's that weird thing where twice yeah yeah she's got like a wand which she's
1: taking she's recording the events with a with a a wand
0: wand, which was odd uh a weird moment so it but why it didn't seem to really react to it you know as if if it was a crazy thing so i didn't know and I, i wasn't sure too like when i saw that i was like oh does does evil guess it's supposed to take place a little bit in the future so there would be certain tools like that but I don't know um
1: well maybe yeah maybe they're recording and that is how Christmas is re, re is they they remember Christmas where they're from
0: right in the future and if so but if they're from the future then why this seance thing because that's all about the afterlife right that because is the, yeah like and
1: it. that's the past and why wolf wolf is very casual about Having witches uh, in in normal life and in in an urban fantasy setting, but also in in futuristic settings, you get yeah. them right. You get them in the Book of the New Sun. Uh, you get some types of uh, you, you know he he has no problem <laughs> with mixing right. these things with with science fiction.
0: Right. And it's also just, like I said, it's strange, like how you get to the seance. Like what, where did that come from? Cause there's been nothing about well, don't, the Christmas family is it a
1: tradition to the, have seances at, at Christmas. If you have ghost uh, stories, I haven't,
0: I mean, there are seances in the ghost stories often, but yeah. that's different from, but it's not like those all happen on Christmas or Christmas Eve or something. No, oh. I mean, but what got me was more the idea of nothing about the Christmas family seems particularly occult or anything like that, but they just kind of go with it. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know if they're already just so cut off by, you know, that everybody's having affairs with people that they didn't expect. So (laughs) they're already off balance. We're going to go with
1: this too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, but that's another odd thing that comes up and, but if they're time travelers, yeah, that's my question. Then like all four of them are, in on this whole giving a vision quest thing or we're opening up, you know, whatever happens in the seance, you know, they're, they seem to be part of it too. Cause then there's the whole thing about guess what we are. And then we'll give you, you know, then you yeah, can we'll remember. Give you a prize.
1: No. I don't know what and, the,
0: and that part is strange too. So it's almost yeah. like, okay, great. They're time travelers from the future. What does that actually explain though? I,
1: I don't know. Well, if they're from a time that if the point is they are from a time in the future, when people have forgotten Christmas. And the idea Mm. is that we've forgotten Christmas, right? We've forgotten the core of Christmas. Then that kind of makes sense. Um, It's, it's a bizarre way to, to go about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. Because we didn't talk about how June does give her little speech about how everybody should be paying attention to that kid. But instead, we all do. Like she says, there's nothing wrong with presents and trees and decorations and songs. But but that's not the reason for the season. And Mm -hmm. and it's also not it's not a war on Christmas kind of thing. It's just very much like, you know, yeah, we're all sitting here doing things that might mess up our lives. And we're not really paying attention to what we really should be paying attention to, which is, you know, why we're doing these things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not a simple, like, yes, we should be religious. It's all, these characters are kind of lost, you know, in in some way or another at the beginning and they're showing that in their lives. Like they're just, they're too caught up in the day to day. And they've got
1: a, they've, they've got a business built on Christmas and, and don't pay attention to. Uh, yeah, it's all, and it's all about, you know, trying to make enough money for exactly. the end of the year.
0: Yeah, so, so that I see. And that's, you know, for June to have that realization. And she's the one who would probably be most likely to really see that because she's the one who's sort of most keyed into, like she says, what people are feeling. Um, but yeah, but then why, why these strange visitors? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why, why do we need, What what does having them there sort of, add yeah. to that lesson. Well it's, they it's have
1: incredible. they are they are us, I guess. I guess so. Sort of and
0: it. but maybe there's a sense that they're just so casual about everything anyway that they're even extra lost in a little bit. I mean they mm-hmm. seem like they're somehow advanced because they know whatever. But but that's another odd thing too, because if they can open up to the afterlife, wouldn't they be more aware? <laughs> of, of <laughs> the reality of things too. Like that was the other thing that kind of got me now. I don't know. Maybe they don't get to talk to ghosts all yeah, maybe the time. They don't have, I don't yeah, know. Maybe I mean, I,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I'm not sure. So, cause we never see what they see. see what
1: they see. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. We only really see what, um, what Julia sees. He's, he's really the only one. The others kind of hint at things, but we're the only one. He's the only one who we actually get to see what, yeah the vision of what he experiences in that right.
1: moment.
0: um so it's a great mystery and i when i mean so to speak about the cool thing that wolf can do which is still get something that's moving even in the middle of not really knowing what it is i mean <laughs> there is still this cool sort of sense of of making a christmas story feel like somehow you know relearning the meaning of christmas a little bit um you know where you see the ghosts and it kind of the ghost reminds you of what's real so there there is a little of the pattern of a christmas carol in here too Mm, yeah but yeah what but there's four of them not three yeah there's four (laughs) and and if
1: i'm right then they're all ghosts of christmas future future yeah which is (laughs) is less of a good thing
0: although there is jacob marley is in christmas carol too so there are technically four ghosts oh yeah that's a a good Um, point yeah uh, but yeah, oh, but he he, in, maybe
1: he's Naronda. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe so. But then I get is the kid Tiny Tim, right? Like, I don't know. So I mean, I get, if <laughs> yeah, you want to,
1: it is Tiny Tim. great. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: but I mean, it's very strange, but it's still like through June and through what Julius experiences when his daughter is talking to him and like basically telling him, you know, pay more attention to your life, be a good person, <laughs> you know, all, all the good sort of things that that the yeah. afterlife teaches him that's all good and it's all kind of a remember what's at the heart of christmas kind of story but it comes in this package which has all kinds of questions still
1: about which it, which is very typical i gotta say of the world that this story is set in yeah all evil guests still are kind of a little bit like that where yeah i like, it's evil just, guests, like a but it's people are going off in different directions yeah uh, even the government uh of earth in the, the, an evil guest is it has its own motivations and all of the all the agencies are at war with each other it's hard to really yeah. detect what's going on
0: yeah and i gotta admit i don't really get memorare either i mean i've yeah. read it i liked it but i don't really know what was happening <laughs> so at, the, uh, at least when i first read it maybe now i don't know maybe no, maybe we'll that I've that. Thought more about it. we
1: should do we should do some sort of uh It'd be, it'd be great to talk about just the world of that. We'd have to. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I know you to reread Evil uh, you, *An Evil
1: Guest* and *Memorara* yeah. and.
0: Um, yeah, I really like *Evil Guest*. Guess. I think you really. It's one of your. It's I do. I, I like. Yeah. I
1: like it. I think it because it's not necessarily because of the story. But it just has so many cool things going on. Oh in yeah. It. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So,
0: so same kind of thing. I really like this story, but I really don't know how to take half of it. You know, but I, but I, <laughs> yeah. it, but it does that wolf thing of still giving you like an emotional
1: yeah. ride, right? Even exactly. in the
0: midst of all this craziness, which is cool. So it's, it's not like it's just surreal. I mean, there's, there's real people in the middle exactly. of Exactly. Yeah. Stuff too. So, so this is one again where I would definitely like to know what other people think.
1: Yeah. Um, there's so much more in this. Yeah.
0: But unless maybe he too was going for, you know, write a Christmas story in the ghost story tradition just to kind of, Make things freaky too, but <laughs> so he says, you get a little I, ghost. But then he you says get, they're not ghosts.
1: <laughs> well, I know, but I mean,
0: you know, in for something in Wolf to be not a ghost means that it's
1: some also, way it's a ghost. Some yeah. way a
0: ghost. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, who knows? Maybe they are ghosts because what happens after? Maybe they're reincarnated up to heaven, but come back, and that's what time travel means. So they're not um, really dead anymore because they're outside of the cycle. I mean, oh, wolf, wow. wolf could I, very well mean something like that. Who yeah. knows? But um, yeah. but. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but but I like it because it still has a sort of sentimental story for Christmas yeah, and it does, it a does. sort of ghost story Christmas side of things and be really odd, so yeah. it's cool. It's very yeah, fun.
1: yeah, I mean, Naronda, for instance, she's she's different from the other three, right? Seems she's, to be, she's yeah. Like, she's mm-hmm. a, it's like when she has sex, she's like a vampire.
0: Yeah, and, and Wyatt, I mean, she... Oh, she, yeah, she Wyatt. messed
1: them up for the for the yeah. rest of the night. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Curiositas Urthus. Hi Greg. After we stopped recording, I thought about it and I think I have the answer to who the visitors are. Neronda is Wyatt reincarnated in the distant future. Aranidi, Erinide, she's June, reincarnated in the distant future. Andrel is Julius. I'm not sure who Dondle is. Maybe Brenda Pepper, since she also had an unsatisfying experience uh, with coupling with, I assume, Dondal. That's why I love this world, this little sandbox that Wolf created. The question, of course, is, Who is Brenda Pepper? What is her connection to all this other than Dondel, perhaps? It might be that Brenda and Wyatt will marry, and I kind of suspect it's not going to work out. Anyway, back to it. Well, yeah, let me hear what you all think. Um, And you know how to do it. Uh, Reach out to us on Facebook or on Twitter or on the Patreon site, uh, on Reddit on instagram anyway uh you know leave it you can leave a review if you like on uh on your favorite uh, podcast app or you know better tell your wolf reading friends and until we see you again merry christmas
0: merry christmas
1: Good. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Good. Then